Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Shore Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Glad you could be with us. Have you had a chance to get outside? I know it's been a little bit wet, but have you had a chance to get outside and play some golf? Email us, fromtheshoregrass at gmail.com. Tell us about your rounds on the courts. We're going to start highlighting some of those good rounds and just tell everybody about who's out there, who's playing, where they're playing, and how they're doing. I want to know how you're doing on the course. The collegiate golfers are starting to wind down their conference tournaments in fact they end this week and next week we'll know where the ncaa will send certain teams for the regionals and of course we know that the ncaa championships are going back to grayhawk again this year same place that it was held last year there's a big commercial real estate auction coming up in north little rock on may 19th go to blackmanauctions.com for more information 10 acre shop and truck yard two nice office buildings mccain boulevard frontage lots there are seven of those 20 plus 40 acre lots blackmanauctions.com since 1938 better auctions have always been blackman auctions we are back with stan lee on from the short grass after this stay with us with all the decisions you need to make about what to do in el dorado finding a place to stay is an easy one the haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure located in the historic union square district of el dorado the haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment make the haywood your home away from home the next time you visit el dorado this is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like a show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Stan Lee from Heber Springs, Arkansas, always dreamt of being in the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. And after he won the U.S. Senior Amateur in 2007, he thought to himself that might just get him in the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. Well, it did. He's now in his second Hall of Fame as he was inducted into the Arkansas State Golf Hall of Fame before the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame inducted him in 2015. I traveled up to Heber Springs recently to sit down with a legend in amateur 
golf in the state of Arkansas. On the tee, Stan Lee. Well, Stan, thanks for sitting down with me and welcome to From the Short Grass. It's an honor to be in your presence. I mean, USGA Senior AM champion. 2007. I want to I want to get into that, but first I want to go back to when you first picked up a golf club. What do you okay. remember about that? All right. And first of all, let me say I'm honored that you asked me to be here with you. Why would I not? Um, I mean, you're a legend in the well, state. Thank you. That's very <laughs> kind. Uh, first time I picked up a club, I was a baseball player. My uncle took up golf and I thought well I just asked him if I could go along and the second I put the club in my hand there was just something about it that felt good I always liked a baseball bat in my hand but a golf club just felt natural and I actually could hit the ball my first tries and uh, I just fell in love with it it was just immediate and from that point forward I I, uh, played baseball one more year but I knew that golf was my ticket I just I could do it, and there were parts of it that came very natural to me, and uh, man, I became obsessed with it to the point of being unhealthily obsessed with it. You talk about coming natural to you. Were you self-taught? My uncle helped me, and then uh, we got a pro at the Red Apple, Dave Bennett, and uh, he helped me. So no, I wouldn't say I was self-taught. I had a a natural swing they helped me understand how to play with it. So it was an unusual swing, but it worked. For me. When did you decide that I'm going to stick to golf, played in high school, played it in college as well? Yes. Yeah, I played at LSU. Played actually a year at UCA and then went to LSU. Played two years there. When I was 14, I, I went out and played in my first tournament. You know, I looked around and I thought, I'm close to the best player in this group of all the kids in Arkansas. I, I wasn't the best, but I felt like I can do this. And so the next year, I was. I was the best, just simply by practicing. And then I realized that I had some kind of gift for golf. Yeah, when you were 17 years old, you won your first ASGA amateur, the match play. The match play. That year, and that was 1970? 1970, that's correct. That's a long time ago, Trey. (laughs) Wow. You know, the funny thing about that is I wasn't the best player in the tournament. They all got beat the first round. All, all the ones that I thought were better than me, there was about half a dozen. And I looked at the board after that, and I thought, my gosh, I could actually win this. And, and I did. It really surprised myself. Do you like match play? Love it. Because you can get somebody's head. It's very much personal. And uh, you can intimidate somebody. And I've always been able to do that. Uh, and so it's fun to me. How do you do that? The easiest way to do that is to get off to a good start and put them down early, and then it's easy. But you, you don't do it verbally. You don't do it by talking, things like that. A great way to intimidate somebody is to make a really good up and down. And a hole they thought they had won, suddenly they didn't. They tied or lost, and that, that makes people mad. Good players really get mad when you get up and down time after time after time. So you can intimidate them that way. And, and sometimes you can figure a, per, a person's personality out pretty quickly. Uh, if they're a talker, you just don't talk to them. And whatever <laughs> it takes to get under their skin just a little bit, you don't want to offend them. Right. But you, but you want to get under their skin a little where they don't concentrate quite as well as they did. When did you decide that you wanted to try the PGA Tour? My dad was a pro baseball player. 
And I, I knew that I wasn't good enough in baseball to reach the level he did. He wasn't a golfer, so I thought, here's a sport I could be better than him at. And so I wanted to be a pro. I just wanted to be a pro because I wanted to do better than he did. I had to outdo him. And so golf was it. That was the ticket. 54452 bucks on the PGA Tour, your career earnings over five years. Yeah, that's 65 made cuts. 65 yeah. made cuts? Yeah. When you see the money that they're playing oh, for now. It's obscene. I mean, what, what, do you, what, what do you think? I think uh, I finished second at New Orleans. I think I might have made near a million. That tournament, <laughs> I made 19000 Uh Tiger paved the way. Of course, Arnie did too and Jack. But Tiger took money and just quadrupled it a couple times over. So I think it's really cool. I'm glad to see that. I can remember making the cut in Bing Crosby one year and finishing last. I finished 73rd or something and made $177. That didn't cover your expenses, did it? Well, heck no. No, I I ate more than that. (laughs) So, no. But, uh, you know, when when I finally sat down and figured it all out five years for that, I thought, shoot, I, you know, I can stay home and do a lot better than that. So I did. So you got a real job. I got a real job. You got your amateur status back. I did. I and did. you've won 29 state amateur titles in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. Somewhere along. Oh, man. I must be old. <laughs> got to be. Or you won a lot in a, in a short amount of time. Yeah. I, there was a four or five-year period here in the state when I just didn't think anybody could touch me. Now, they did occasionally, but... I just felt like I could win every time I played. Where did you get that mindset? Uh, success. I was a, a real studier of people, and, and I would look at them, and I could I could pick out what I thought were their strengths and weaknesses real quickly, and I just thought my strengths were better than theirs. You've lived in this area all your life, Heber yes, Springs? Yes, yes. Grew up around here playing uh, Red Apple Inn. Yeah. What's it be. like? Red Apple is a gym. It could be. Such a nice, nice course, and and it's not. Honestly, I hate to say that, but it could be with just a little, uh, a little money. They could have uh, one of the neatest golf courses in the state. I didn't say the best. I said the neatest. It's really unique. So uh, I'd, I'd like to see that happen. It's got one unique hole that I know of, the par three, that just basically uh, drops yeah. off the side of the hill. And you've got such a beautiful view of Grace Ferry Lake. Right. You know, Trey, when I was growing up, I, when I dreamed of things, I, I didn't ever dream of winning a U.S. Open or a Masters. I dreamed of winning a state amateur or earning my way into the Arkansas uh, Hall of Fame. That, those were the things I dreamed about. And when I'd go away and play at a state, it was always more important to me to win the state amateur than to win the southern amateur or something like that. So I've always been an Arkansas person, and I wanted to be here, and I wanted to compete here, and I didn't really care about anything else. Well, you remember the Arkansas State Golf Association Hall of Fame, 2015 class of the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame. So you got those accomplished. Yeah, I, I did, and that, that's such a humbling thing when they called me and told me I was going in the Sports Hall of Fame. Because that was my goal from the time I was 12. I read an article in the Democratic Gazette, one or the other, detailing who was going in that year. And and I thought, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I was still a baseball player. So I quickly figured out that I probably wasn't going to make it that way. I wasn't Brooks Robinson. So uh, I moved over to golf, and that was my, my dream my whole life. And when I won the senior amateur, that's the first thing I thought of. Mm-hmm. I might get in now. 
Yeah. And uh, it, and eventually that did happen. So that that capped my career. Getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You had a time where you stepped away from golf. Mm-hmm. Rough time in your life. Mm-hmm. What brought you back to the game? I needed something to soothe me from that devastation you're talking about to give me hope again. And and golf was always the thing that that I could lose myself in. I could just totally be immersed and not think about the bad things in life, but focus on getting better. And so that's what I did. I started playing golf again. I wish it, I had done it a little differently. You know, a lot of people deal with hurt at different ways. It should have been a time when I chose to get refocused on, on the Lord and, and that, but I chose golf for some reason. And I've circled back around and gotten right with God, too. But at that time, I chose golf to, to soothe my hurt. Being able to get out there and just be in, uh-huh. in the element. Yeah, there's something about competition. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. When you're out there and you're one-on-one with somebody and you're trying to win a golf tournament, it's almost like there's nothing else on earth that exists for that stretch of time now it all comes back after after the tournament's over but man being lost in that and feeling those nerves and that little burn in your stomach you get from competition i was addicted to that i loved it you won the 2007 u.s senior am championship up in kansas winning that afforded you exemptions into the next several mm-hmm. senior ams yeah your brother also a very good golfer, accomplished golfer, Lewis. You and he signed up and played in the 2011 Senior Am, and you lost to Lewis in the quarterfinals. Take me through that match first off, and then we'll get into what Lewis was able to accomplish. But standing on that first tee for that match, what kind of nerves did you have? I wasn't nervous because I really thought I'd beat him. <laughs> and I thought, I thought he thought I would beat him. We've talked about that later. He didn't feel that way. So really? I, I misread him. How did he feel? But, uh, he thought he'd beat me. So it was it was a great match. We tied, went to sudden death. But I'll tell you something funny that happened. Right after we finished the 36 holes of medal, we looked up on the board as they posted the match play, and we saw that we were on the same side of the bracket. And Lewis goes, hey, if we win three matches, we'll play each other. My first thought that I had right then is I'll be there. I don't think you will be. I didn't think you'd make it that far. <laughs> right, right. Well, what an arrogant thing to think. It worked out where we did play each other. It was a heck of a match. You know, we both were rooting for the other. I, I didn't want to win. He didn't want to win, but we didn't want to lose either. So he ends up beating me, and I got to caddy for him the last two rounds. Right. And he had a four-foot putt on the last hole to win. I have never been that nervous in golf. I went over to the side of the green. I really thought I was going to throw up. Are you serious? I'm serious. I couldn't breathe because I just knew he was going to miss it. And he made it, and that's the greatest feeling I've ever had in golf. That's the best day I've ever had on the golf course. Watching your brother win a championship mm-hmm. that you won and being on the bag for him. Yeah. How cool is it to see both of your names on that trophy? Well, it's you know it's unbelievable. I still can't really fathom that that happened. But uh, it, it is really, really cool. Did you guys compete growing up? I mean, I'm sure you guys went at it all the time. Yeah, I was just older enough than Lewis, so I was a senior. He was an eighth grader, so we never really 
competed for a position on the teams. Since I was four years older, I always just pounded him. And then he started catching up. But I, I still was better than him until about 2010. And I noticed that, you know, he was beating me as much as I was beating him. And it had been, I'd win nine out of 10. And now he wins nine out of 10. And uh, I've broken over. I'm in a free fall. <laughs> but he hasn't. He, he still works out and all that. Lewis is actually a better player right now than he's ever been, including college. I want to take you to Old Waverly, the Governor's Cup, mm -hmm. Arkansas State Golf Association against the Mississippi Golf Association. Mm -hmm. Had Tracy Harris on a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, and you said something to him after he walked off the course one day. You might not remember what it was, but I'm going to ask you, do you remember what you said to him? He had played a match down there. I do not. Was it something we can repeat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unusual. He played 12 holes that day, and you asked him how the 13th green was holding. <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> because, because, because he got beat. He got beat. Yeah, that's not and nice. And didn't make it that far. Is he still mad about it? You'd have to ask him <laughs> yourself, but uh, I, I don't oh, think he's boy. mad about it. Yeah. Well, but that just shows you what, what how you can yeah. can rib one of your, your friends. Yeah. Well, Tracy and I love each other, and uh, he would have said the same thing to me had he had the opportunity. <laughs> but, yeah, it, that was just good-natured ribbing there. It was, yeah. and I loved it. We, we won. Arkansas That's right. won. That's so. right. It was a good. That's good all time. that matters. That's all that the matters. cup came back from Mississippi it to did. the state of Arkansas. We, we kicked them on their soil. No doubt about it. We spoke earlier about you winning the match play at the age of 17 yep. in 1970. Mm -hmm. You also won the match play in 2013. You beat Drew Greenwood over in Sherwood. The Greens at North Hills, four and three. Drew Greenwood was a good college amateur player. He was. And you he still, still is. I'm and you sure. beat him. I did. It was uh, it was an extraordinary day. And again, I'll say, I think he was a better player than me. He certainly hit it a lot further than I did. But the greens at North Hills, as you know, is a great equalizer. And I knew that. And that's why I played in the regular division. Trey, you can't imagine some of the places I got the ball up and down from. And it was just killing him because he was out driving me. He might knock it on the green. I wouldn't, and I'd chip it up, gimme, from some places that I, I was astonished. But it just kept going on and on and on, and, and suddenly I saw a change in him. Mm -hmm. He started trying too hard, and when you start trying too hard, the game becomes so much more difficult. I think the interesting part of this story is the next year you yeah. faced each other right. in the finals. Yeah. And he got the better of oh, you, seven, seven and five. He hammered me. It was, <laughs> when we got on the first tee and I looked at his face, I, I, I thought, I remember thinking this, I thought he is going to make me pay for last year. And man, did he. He played great. He came out guns blazing. I got down early and I was trying too hard. And once you start doing that, you lose holes you shouldn't lose. And he just kept winning, kept winning. He shot several under par and uh, and played great, and he won. We talked about Tracy Harris and how you two are good friends, and you were telling me a story before we sat down to, to start recording this about you and Tracy ended up playing in the match play. We did. And you had a great match. We did, and this is the regular division back. This is years ago. Oh, okay. Before we were seniors. And uh, we, we played, and I had Tracy four down with five to play. And on the 14th green, I had made a birdie, made a, about a 10- or 12-foot putt. 
He had an eight-foot putt, and I gave it to him. I don't know why. I just felt sorry for him. I did, if he'd missed it, the match was over, and he was going to miss it. And you didn't want to beat him that bad? I, I didn't. You know, I didn't want to see him go out on a missed putt. Something, I, I wasn't thinking well, obviously. And so he wins the next four holes. Chipped in once, made two 30-footers, and just ridiculous stuff. And then on the first playoff hole, he hits it gimme from the fairway. And I've got it 20 feet. I made it, miraculously. Went on to the 20th hole, and I birdied it and won the match. But that's the last time I've ever given anybody anything. <laughs> yeah. That was a bad mistake. What did he say to you after the match? Do you remember? Yeah, he says, you're an idiot. <laughs> but I gave him that putt on 14. He goes, have you lost your mind? Because he knew he was going to miss it. He was in that phase where he was trying too hard. You're four down with four to go. You know you got to make it. And, uh, boy, did I turn him around. Yeah. Best golf course Stan Lee's ever played. Uh, I'd rate a lotion with anything I've ever played. Uh, maybe maybe my favorite, just to take it out of state, uh, is Pebble Beach because of where it is. I love Cypress Point. Also, either one of those places is fantastic. Uh, I was a fan of Pinehurst's number two. I got to play in a lot of tournaments there, amateur tournaments, before they did the redo of it. Haven't mm. played it since. Pebble, just the property out there, mm-hmm. the views. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and you get all kinds of weather. Yeah. And it's just, it's different every day. All right, fantasy foursome, living or deceased, you can have three other players play with you. I bet you're going to go to Red Apple to play this. Yeah, you why not? You might not, but. Yeah, let's go to Red okay. Apple. Okay, who would, who would be dad, in your fantasy foursome? My dad, mm-hmm. uh, my son, who we've lost. Uh and I'd like to play with Arnold Palmer again. I got to play with him a few times. I think that'd be pretty cool for my dad to get to experience Arnold Palmer. What was he like? Arnie was a great guy. I loved him. And I quickly saw why everybody loved him. Is because I, I was a rookie. He was 43 at the time. Uh, could still play. And on the first tee, I'm sure he could recognize that I was really nervous. And he did everything he could to make me feel comfortable and at home. And we had a great day. It was just, he accommodated me. It was like I was more important to him than him shooting a good score. And he shot a good score. He played good. But uh, he took care of me. Wow. He really did. Great story. Great story. It's kind of like the story I, I saw with Jack Nicholas and Greg Norman at Augusta. Mm-hmm. They were both nervous on the first tee, and he walked down that first fairway. And before they got to the bottom of the hill, Norman says, Mr. Nicholas put his arm around me and said, hey, I'm just as nervous as you are. <laughs> so let's go out there and have a good time. Is and off they right? went. It kind of settled him down, he I'll said. Be darned. Although Norman never won at Augusta. Yeah, and he should have. That's a, that's have. a shame. Yeah. Best golfer in the state you've ever seen. And it could be yourself because there are a lot of people that would say, Stanford yeah, Lee is the best I, in the state. I wouldn't. I would not say that. The whole package put together, I would put Wes McNulty in there for sure. Um, he is. He's really, really good. From the past, maybe uh, I thought Ed Harris could really play. Uh, I hadn't seen anybody better than Wes. I, I tell you, I would. Uh, I would rate Lewis in the in the group. So I'll go with those three. Well, I'd like to have them on my scramble team. That'd be a good scramble team. No doubt about that. got a little bit of everything. Yeah. First time I played with Ed Harris, and I saw him hit a pitch shot with a wedge, 
I thought, he's got something real special, because I couldn't do that. Yeah. And I went home and learned how to do it. But I watched him. I learned from him. That's something you can take from other players, too, uh-huh. is seeing what they do. Yeah. It's like yeah. when I play with Wes, he'll hit a shot, and I think it's perfect, and he's back here tinkering yeah. before he gets in the car. I'm like, what are you doing? You just yeah. hit it to two feet. Yeah. Oh, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, he, he's a little hard on himself. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> think. He thinks too much, actually. Yeah. I've, I've wanted to take a two-by-four to his head and just <laughs> knock some of that stuff out. Because he could, he could play great just not even thinking. Just go out and play. But he's... uh. He's quite a player, obviously. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, Stan, thanks for the time. My pleasure. It's great talking to you, and I'm honored that you would have me on. Well, I mean, you're one of the best in the state. You're a Hall of Famer, two-time Hall of Famer, Golf Hall of Fame, and the Sports Hall of Fame. So why not talk to a legend? Thank you. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels is your one-stop shop when you're looking for a place to stay around the state of Arkansas and either in Oklahoma or Mississippi. They do have properties over there as well that they manage. If you went to the Garth Brooks concert and you weren't happy with your hotel room, you weren't staying in a Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel. Search them on the web, bphotels.com, to find out where their great properties are. bphotels.com, one of our great sponsors on From the Shortgrass. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Get ready for another exciting once-in-a-lifetime auction. On May 19th at 4 p.m., we will be selling 100 acres in the heart of North Little Rock to help settle the estate of Tom Salmon. We will be selling 19 lots from residential, commercial, and acreage. The bulk of this property is located on McCain Boulevard, about a mile from McCain Mall. It has taken a family decades to build this incredible portfolio, and you will have the chance to buy it all in one night. For more information, go to BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome back to From the Shortgrass. On the tee with our weekly rules segment, here is PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Why the change to the kneecap by the USGA and the RNA? You know, I, I th- you know, I'm old enough to have played the game where, you where, throw I, it over where, your back? where I drop it. I've dropped it all three ways. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've dropped it over my back. I've, I've dropped it with my arm straight out, and I've, I've dropped it uh, from from my knee. Um, you know, I think the the change primarily came um, as a result of you know a player getting free relief from you say an abnormal ground condition or a movable obstruction, immovable obstruction, and you know dropping it from that height and you know the ball ending up in a poor lie or um, for whatever reason, you know, the discussion I think kind of came around to, Hey, why, why do we have to drop it? Why can't we just place it? 
and I think the the drop from from you know knee height was kind of the the agreement between the USGA and the RNA to say, okay, yeah, we we see the point with dropping it from the shoulder because the ball could roll further too. That's another example. Right. Um, and maybe it rolls into a position where you have a harder shot than you had to begin with. Um, so dropping it from you know knee height, the ball's not going to roll as far in theory. Yeah, it uh, still could, but then if it rolls it too far, if well, rolls, then you're going right. to get to place it after two drops anyway. Correct. Yeah, if it rolls more than two club lengths, and you'll be or rolls closer, uh, you'd be placing it. But you know, I think it's you know, it's it's, it's just one of those things where uh, I think some of the changes that have come about here recently, um, you know, it, probably under Mike Davis, uh, where I think Mike started listening to more of you know, the everyday player and, and what they went through kind of creating a softer, gentler, um, rules of golf. Um, and you know, also as, you know, spectatorship grew with golf with maybe people that weren't actually avid golfers, but enjoyed watching the masters, let's mm -hmm. say, you know, they'd see a ruling and say, well, that's just not fair. <clears throat> and so, or why would I want to do that? Exactly. So I think, it's it's just it's one of those things where um, it it made sense. Um, it it doesn't matter. You're not going to have the benefit of placing the ball on perfect lie. It's, you're still going to have to drop it. Um, but the chances of something bad happening as a result of the drop maybe are are lessened because you're dropping it from about a foot and a half instead of you know maybe at at four feet. Sure. Know. So he's Adam Carney, our rules expert here on From the Short Grass. If you have a question about the rules of golf or something you don't understand and need an explanation, email us, fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.